absolutely critical to the Christian life. If we don't have a relationship with Jesus privately, then it's not real. doesn't matter how much we come to church. doesn't matter how many good things we do out in the world. It's just not real if it's, if, if it's not something that happens in our lives behind the scenes. And for that reason, I think that it's, it's so important and so critical, and this series uh, is so critical in the lives not just of us as a congregation, but for all Christians. I mean, all of us need to know how to practice the spiritual disciplines. Four in particular that I have given you to focus on. I want to show you this slide again uh, for the umpteenth time in the past several weeks. Four that are, are, are really important. Uh, one that we're going to be focusing on specifically today. But last week I talked about the importance of meditating on Scripture. Everything that we do as Christians, all that we do, whether it be corporate worship together or your private worship behind the scenes, must be driven and informed by the Word of God. Uh, I talked about fasting, silence, and solitude. Today is about prayer, and specifically a certain type of prayer. Prayer that I believe is going to lead to the most effective spiritual life that you can possibly have. Not just any type of prayer that we just sling out to God, but prayer that is specifically focused and shaped by God's Word and God's will. So the title of my sermon today, Praying God's Word and Praying God's Will. As a spiritual discipline, whenever we, whenever we survey Scripture, whenever we look in the Old Testament, whenever we look in the New Testament, it seems to me that prayer is quite possibly the most common spiritual activity, privately speaking, behind the scenes. Perhaps in the Old Testament we see the public sacrifice a little bit more, but in, a, in the private life of a person who loves the Lord, Prayer is, is kind of that thing that we see more than anything else um, is, is talking and, and speaking to God. And so today, because Scripture is so expansive and because there is so much that can be said on the topic of prayer, what I want to do is I just, I'm going to kind of zoom out and just give you a bird's eye view. And as I go through this passage today, you may say, well, excuse me, several passages today, you may say, well, not all of that is relevant to me, but this one thing is what I'm going to focus on and study more uh, throughout this upcoming week. So I'm not necessarily going to go in depth into one passage of Scripture as much as I'm going to kind of give you a survey. And so... I'm going to start off giving you probably the greatest promise about prayer that we have in Scripture. Uh, I'm going to give you three prerequisites to answered prayer. All of us want our prayers answered. And so I'm going to give you three really incredible promises that have been given to us in concern with finding answers. And then I am... I am basically going to glance over uh, the model prayer or what Jesus, uh, or what, 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 Je what I refer to as a model prayer, but what most of us refer to um, as the Lord's Prayer. And then we're going to talk about the Holy Spirit and His role. So as you can see, there's a lot of ground that can be covered there. My goal today is just to give you a bird's eye view of what your private prayer life could look like and maybe some tools that kind of help, kind of help, help, help it be more effective. The first thing that I want to look at is really the greatest promise that we have about prayer, and that is Jesus is listening and He's promised to answer. Jesus promises to answer your prayers. He promises 
to answer your prayers. Now let that sink in for just a moment. Jesus has said, if we ask, it will be given. If we seek, that we will find, and that if we knock, that the door will be open to us. And that's not just a promise for certain people. It says, everyone, everyone who asks receives. Everyone who seeks finds. Everyone who knocks, the door will be open. This is a passage of Scripture, and I don't have time to read the, the whole context, but is specifically about prayer. Jesus is saying that he will answer your prayers. Isn't that good news? How many of you want that? How many of you want all your prayers to be answered? How many of you, you just want to go and talk to God, and he just, he just answers them? That is exactly what he promises that he will do. Now, how many of you get that all the time? How many of you say, yeah, every I go to the Lord and every time I ask, he answers me. I mean, how many of us know that our prayer lives, if we're not careful, they can become boring, they can become stale, they can become empty, how many of you have had an experience of asking God something over and over again and not to receive an answer? How many of you can say, well, I've asked for something and it hasn't been given. I've sought something and I haven't found it. I've knocked on the door and all I get is a deadbolt. I mean, all of us, if we're, if we're honest, sometimes our prayer life can be that way. So how do, we, how do we reconcile the two? How do we reconcile our personal experiences in prayer with the promises that Jesus has made about prayer? And, and, and here's, here's what I'll tell you today. I know for a fact, I know for a fact Jesus is listening. I know for a fact that he's not running from us, he's not hiding from us. I know that he is absolutely perfect in all of his ways, so the problem has to be with me and with the way that I'm praying. And so what I want to say to you from the outset is that we must learn to pray correctly if we want the answers that Jesus has promised. I mean, none of us ever did anything perfect the first time. Pastor Rick, you didn't know this but you played right into the contents of this sermon whenever you stood right here a few moments ago and you talked about your very first prayer. And what did you say? You said, and, and I hope y'all were, were listening to my missions pastor while he was talking. I, what you said was, is you said out loud, Lord, I don't, I don't know what I'm doing or I don't know how to do this. And you just spoke a prayer. Your first prayer wasn't perfect. It ended up perfect because you got saved. I don't know about you, but I, my first prayer that I prayed wasn't perfect. I, if, if I were to survey the prayers that I have prayed uh, for maybe even months and years um, when I, after I first got saved, I look at my prayer life now. It's not perfect. I pray some things that maybe I shouldn't. I, maybe I pray some good things and God answers them. But maybe I'll pray some things that I shouldn't. The Bible says that we can pray wrongly. James chapter 4, verse 3 says, You ask 
and you do not receive. And it says why you don't receive. Jesus said ask and you'll receive. But this tells us why sometimes we don't. He says because you ask wrongly. You ask wrongly. You either have the wrong motivation or either you're asking for the wrong things. I don't think any of us could be, would be arrogant enough to say that God should answer every single prayer that I pray. I bet you you can think of a prayer that you prayed in the past and you could say, you could look back and say, mm, I'm glad God didn't answer that prayer. Anybody, can you think of a prayer that you've ever prayed? And uh, looking back and say, man, it's, it's a good thing that God did not answer that prayer. God knows what he's doing. Amen? Does God know what he's doing? Does he know what he's doing? Do you always know what you're doing? No. Especially when it comes to spiritual things. Sometimes we don't know how to pray correctly. Now listen, this is not a chastisement. It's just truth. Sometimes we don't know how to pray. Now, there are three prerequisites that we see in Scripture to an answered prayer. Three prerequisites. Listen, if you get this right, if you get this right, then it, it leads to an answer. Number one is we pray God's Word. Look what, look what Jesus says right here in John chapter 15. I put it in, I put it in all caps. Ask whatever you wish. Now, his, now that, sound, that sounds great. Ask whatever you wish. Whatever you want. Ask whatever you wish, and it will be done for you. But there's a prerequisite. If. If you abide in me and my words abide in you, then you can ask whatever you wish, and it will be done for you. There is something about our prayers that we, they, they must be driven and informed by the Word of God. Everything that we do as Christians must be informed by the Word of God. Everything we sing, everything we believe, everything that we teach. Listen, everything we pray... Everything we pray, it has to be informed by the Word of God or it could potentially and most likely will be in error. This is your prayer book. This is your prayer book. This is where you go to look for what to pray. This is where you go to find the contents of the things that you should even be praying about, but especially how you should be praying about those things. This is where meditation on Scripture that I talked about last week, this is where this comes in so handy. And here's, here's, here's how this needs to work within your personal time with God. Here's how, you, here's how you pray God's Word. You're meditating on Scripture. You have a portion of Scripture that you're reading, that you're studying, and that you're trying to learn, all right? And so you're reading several verses, and you're, maybe you're going through a chapter, maybe you're going through a book of the Bible or something like that, and all of a sudden, man, there's a verse that hits you. All of a sudden, there's maybe a whole passage that hits you. There's a truth contained in the Word of God that the Holy Spirit, it, it, it's like you've read it a million times, but the Holy Spirit just jumps off the page. That's where your prayers start. That's where your prayers start. Your prayers start with how the Holy Spirit prompts you through His Word to pray. So let me, let me just give you an example. Let's assume 
that you just committed a terrible sin and you feel really guilty and you're still tempted, all right? This is a common experience for believers. You, let's say you committed a sin, you're feeling a sense of guilt, you're feeling temptation, you're going before the Lord, you're searching His Word, and you're saying, God, this is bad. Uh, Lord, help me in this. And let's say you pick up the book of Hebrews, and you just start reading through the book of Hebrews, and you're just looking for anything that you can find. You just need God to speak to you about your sin. You need God to speak to you about your temptation. And then you, you read through chapter 1, you're almost through with chapter 2, and all of a sudden you read these words. Therefore he had to be made like his brothers in every respect so that he might become a merciful and faithful high priest in the service of God, to make propitiation for the sins of the people. For because he himself suffered when tempted, he is also able to help those who are being tempted. And all of a sudden you say, hey, that's me. I committed a sin. I'm being tempted. And let's say in, in our, in our not-so-pretend scenario that this scripture jumps off the page at you and you're like, Lord, that's where I am. Well, now you stop and say, God, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to meditate. I'm going to meditate on these verses. That's the sermon last week. I'm going to meditate on these verses. I'm going to read it. I'm going to reread it. I'm going to memorize it. I'm going to cross-reference it. I'm going to study it. I'm going to meditate on it. And then after you've meditated on it and it's marinated in your heart, then you turn it into a prayer. And maybe your prayer might would sound something like this. Maybe you would say, thank you, God, that you know exactly what I'm going through. Because you were made, your word says, in every respect, just like me. You had flesh and bone. You, you breathed oxygen. You needed food. God, you experienced life in the same way. So, Lord, Lord you understand me. And God, because you understand me, you can be merciful to me. And God, that's what I really need right now. I'm so sorry that I sinned. My temptation is all over me. But God, because you've been where I've been, you're not, you're not mad at me. You're, you're merciful. And not just that, but God, you're, Jesus, you're, you're praying for me. You're my high priest. And, and, and more than that, you have satisfied the wrath of God. I have sinned and I deserve punishment. And even now I'm being tempted to sin. But Lord, you died for my sin. Thank you, Jesus. You suffered. And because you suffered, Lord, you were tempted. You were tempted like me, God. So you know how I'm feeling right now. And help me, Lord, to make it through this temptation. That's how you pray God's Word. Your prayer would sound different. If you were being tempted and you had just committed a sin and you came across these verses, maybe the Holy Spirit would use something different in your life. Maybe He would use these verses. That could be an example of how you can pray God's Word. Now listen, I, I usually don't recommend books because I always get scared that human beings are going to fail us and 
do something to make me wish I didn't recommend them. But here's a book recommendation for you. It's a short book. It's only about that thick. Somebody gave me this book. I, if you gave me this book, please come tell I don't know who gave me this book. It's such a great book. I found it. On, I just Books just materialize on my desk sometimes. I don't know how they get there. But whoever gave me this one was a good one. Praying the Bible. This one specifically teaches you how just a simple way to pray the Bible. Pray God's Word if you want answered prayer. Number two, pray God's will. Pray God's will. This is an important prerequisite to receiving answers from God. And here's the problem. I have things that I want. Anybody else got things you want? I got things I want. I've got things that I want to accomplish. I've got things that I want to see happen. And so what better way to make them happen than to go to the most powerful being in the universe with all knowledge and all power and ask him to use his knowledge and his power to accomplish my will. Anybody ever prayed a prayer like that? Come on now, be honest. You know you have. you have. You have a will. You have desires. And listen, it doesn't even have to be an evil desire. It just has to be something that you want that's maybe not necessarily what God wants. And what happens is, is you don't receive a favorable answer to that prayer. I believe this I believe this quite possibly could be the biggest mistake that we make in prayer. Is we don't search out the heart of God and then pray it back to Him. We don't read His Word and survey our situation and discover what God's will is and then pray it back to Him. Rather, we just look inside of ourselves and what we want and what we desire, and we start bargaining with God. Lord, I'll do better if you'll do what I want. Lord, I'll start coming to church. Lord, I'll start doing all these things. We start bargaining with God to try to get him somehow to use his power to exert our will upon our situation. This is not the way that it's supposed to work. You must deny self and take up your cross in the way you pray. That's what Jesus did. Look at this example. Y'all lean into this one. Matthew 26. Think about what was happening, what was about to happen to Jesus. He was about to be arrested and beaten and whipped and humiliated and put on a cross and killed. And he prayed. And what did he pray? He said, my father, if possible, let this cup pass from me. What was the cup? The cup was the weight of the sin of all mankind placed upon him and the punishment of death and separation that you and I deserve, but that he was going to take upon himself. Let this cup pass from me. But you know what, Lord? Nevertheless, not what I will, but as you will. Jesus, listen, I got this for the screen so you could, you could hear this. 
Jesus denied himself and took up a cross and submitted to God's will in the way that he prayed before he ever carried it out in his actions. You and I too, we cannot follow Jesus in self-denial unless we first do it in the way that we pray. We must, we must, we must first follow Jesus in, in that type of self-denial in the way that we pray. If we don't, you will never ever deny yourself and follow Jesus in the way that you live. You see that? Jesus denied his own human will to want to live and breathe and survive. He denied that and went to a cross and in the way that he prayed before he ever did it. And you and I do the same thing. We discover God's will and we pray. You see, prayer is not an attempt to manipulate and change God. Prayer is how you go before the Lord and allow Him, through His Word and discovering His will, to change you. Prayer is meant to change you. You understand that? We want to use prayer as a mechanism to, to change everything around us according to our will. Prayer is meant to shape and mold and change us. The third prerequisite. Pray in Jesus' name. This, this is basically saying in a sentence, in a phrase, how we're to pray God's word and pray God's will. Praying in Jesus' name is not a magic, this is not a magic word. This is not a verbal incantation that you put on the end of your prayer so that you say the magic words and now God hears it. That's not how it works. That's not how it works. Now, we end our prayer in Jesus' name. All, almost all of us do. We're, we kind of teach ourselves to do it. I, 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 I usually end my prayers in Jesus' name or in your name. Most of us do. I think almost every prayer I pray, I say that at the end of my prayer. That does not, listen, that does not automatically make the contents of my prayer according to God's Word and God's will. It does not automatically make the content of my prayer be truly in Jesus' name. What we do, the reason that we do that, and the reason that we, reason that we kind of trained ourselves to do that is because we're saying, God, I hope that all the contents of my prayer, everything that I just said, I hope that I pray that all of it was according to your word, all of it was according to your will, and if it is, then that's the prayer that Jesus would pray. That's the prayer that Jesus would want me to pray. And so when we pray in Jesus' name, we pray the content of a prayer that Jesus himself would pray if he incarnated himself in this space and time and in your situation and your exact moment, that that would be what Jesus himself would pray. You're praying in Jesus' name when Jesus is looking down, seated on a throne at the right hand of the Father. He's looking down saying, that is exactly what I want you to pray. That is exactly what it says in my word. That is exactly what is the will of the Father. Yes, pray that prayer in my name. Some of you say, okay, now, I just don't know what to say. You might say, oh, that's great. I mean, 
according to God's word, according to God's will, in Jesus' name. And I just, I don't know what, I don't know what to say. It's, I struggle with the words. Jesus has even given us that. He has given us a model prayer that we usually just refer to as the Lord's Prayer. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us of our debts as we forgive our debtors. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Now, this is not a prayer to be quoted. It is a prayer that drives the content of what you actually say. You say these things in your own words. And there's five major parts. Here's, here's a good outline for you for prayer uh, for this week. Five major parts. Prayers of adoration. Just tell God how awesome he is. Just tell him how good he is. We don't just do this through song. We're, we're supposed to do this verbally through our prayers. We're to exalt his name and tell him and give him glory for how amazing that he is. And then we pray prayers of mission. We don't, just, we don't just go on mission trips, do we, Pastor Rick? We pray prayers of mission before we ever go. We say, we say for example, Lord, your kingdom come, your will be done. We say, Lord, I, I hope that you send Jesus back soon. We look in the book of Revelation and we see seals being broken and we see heaven rejoicing. We say, God, let's, let's, let's break some seals. Lord, blow some trumpets. God, pour out some bowls of wrath. Bring your kingdom to earth, just like you promised in Revelation chapter 21 and 22. Lord, consummate your kingdom for all to see. Come back on the clouds. Let everyone see it. Gather your elect from the four wind. Lord, raise the dead. Pray these things. Pray your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Pray, pray prayers of provision. There are things you need. You need food. You need strength. You, you, need, you need to pay your water bill. You need, a, you need a job. You need a certain measure of money. There's nothing wrong with asking God for these things. Lord, I, I, I need a job. I need to pay my bills. There's nothing wrong with asking the Lord for the emotional provisions that you have. Lord, help me to be a good husband. Help me to be a good wife. Help me to be a good father. Help me to be a, 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 a good wife. Help me to be who I need to be with my friends. Help me, Lord, give me the provision that I need through your spiritual gifts to serve my church. Pray for those provisions. Pray for restoration. God, I'm sorry for what I've done. I want to be close to you again. God, I forgive that person that hurt me, that said those mean things about me, that did that evil to me. Lord, I forgive them. See, you forgive someone in prayer before God, long before you forgive them out in the world. Prayers of protection. God, keep me safe. Lord, I don't want to sin. I don't want to drift away from you. God, protect me from, from not just temptation, but Lord, protect me from the evil in the world. Protect me from Satan. Listen, this is your prayer book. Do you know these prayers are all over Scripture? Just, just look in the Psalms at some point. 
you will find be you will find prayers of adoration, prayers of mission, prayers of provision, prayers of restoration, prayers of protection. You will find them all over Scripture, all over the Psalms. I'll go back to Hebrews. Would you mind putting he, that verse from uh, Hebrews back on the screen for me? You you could pray these same prayers that I prayed through a moment ago, and just pray them as a prayer of adoration. God, thank you that you were made like me in every respect. God, help me to get this straight in my life so that I can be used by you and your kingdom. God, give me what I need in order to survive this situation and this temptation because the wages of sin is death, and I don't want to bring death into my situations. God, restore me to you. I've sinned, and I'm being tempted. Bring me back closer. God, protect me from this temptation that is around me. You see, you, you can pray these things. And some, some of you are sitting here today saying, I, I, don't, I, don't know, I don't know how to pray that way. You hadn't practiced. You, had, you hadn't learned. You, you can learn it. You can do it. But it, it takes practice. And the great news, here's the great news. You have the best prayer partner available to you every single time you pray. You have a person that groans with you in prayer. Look at this. Spirit helps us. What does the Spirit help us with? Our weakness. Our weakness in what? Our weakness in life, our weakness in situation, our, our crippledness as a result of sin and, and ignorance. And our weakness in knowing how to properly pray. Do you see that? We, 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 don't, we don't know what to pray for as we ought. You might say, I, I can't pray Hebrews chapter 2 like you just did. I can't pray the model prayer in the way that you just did. I, I'm not smart enough or godly enough or whatever to do that. None of us are. None of us, know, none of us really know how to pray like we ought to. Not a, not a single one of us. Without the leadership of the Holy Spirit in our life, you know what we would do? We wouldn't read this word. We'd just pray whatever we wanted to pray. We wouldn't pray God's word. We wouldn't pray what God wants. It wouldn't even come across our minds. We would just pray what we want. We would reduce God to a genie in a bottle that pops out and gives us our three wishes. We don't know how to, we don't know how to pray. You think, you think you know how to pray? You don't understand this world. You, 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 have no, you have no clue. Most of us, we have no clue what God is up to. Even right now in this moment, you don't know what's going on in the heart of your neighbor. You don't know what's taking place down the street. You don't know what's going on overseas. You have no clue what God is up to. You have no clue what's even going to happen to you tomorrow. How, how in the world can you properly pray even for your life whenever you don't even know what tomorrow holds? We don't know how to pray. Not like, not like this. Not praying God's will. We don't, we, we don't know how to pray that way. You want me to tell you how we know how to pray? We know how to pray in a way where we come before God and we say, God, just, just fill me up with all the good stuff. We know how to pray like that. But we don't know how to pray like we're hanging on a cross. 
You see, we need to, you know, that you know that your prayer life has gotten somewhere whenever you come before God and say, Lord, if you fill me up with anything, fill me up with you. You know your prayer life has gotten somewhere whenever you come to the Lord and say, God, I'm here to pour myself out. I'm here to give myself over. I'm here to surrender. The Spirit helps us. I need help doing that. I need help pouring myself out. I know how to pray for God to give me stuff. I know how to do that. Every human being knows how to do that. God, give me health. God, give me wealth. God, give me this. God, give me that. Everybody knows how to, everybody knows how to pray that way. Man, if you're praying like you're hanging on a cross, if you're pouring yourself out and saying, God, I empty myself for you. Spirit's doing that. The Holy Spirit's doing that in your life. And it's, it's groanings. It's like it's too deep for words. You want to pray like that? Man, I do. I want to pray like that. Have you been talking to God lately? How's your prayer life? In a minute, I'm going to ask you to pray like I do at the, at the end of every service. I don't know what you need to say to the Lord today. It could be, it could be that this is, is, is what is missing in your prayer life or, or maybe just in your life as a whole. Maybe you don't have the Spirit of God to guide you at all, much less guiding your prayers. And maybe you need the Holy Spirit. You know what, I'm, let me tell you what I have been praying. Let me tell you what I'm praying right now. Right now, I'm praying that if you don't have the Holy Spirit of God in your life, I'm praying right now that he would just fall upon you in some type of supernatural and amazing way. It might be this weight of guilt that just comes upon you over your sin. It might be this rush of joy that God is speaking to you and talking to you. It might be something it might, be, it might be a truth in your mind that just, oh, it just clicks and just like, like the lights just came on. That's what I'm praying right now. If you don't have the Spirit of God, that's what I'm praying for you. And if that's happening to you right now, you need to call on Jesus. If that's happening to you right now, the only thing that you can do, the, you cannot save yourself. The only thing that you can do is absolutely just give up and give over to it and say, God, I pour myself out. I give everything I am over to you. That's what I'm praying. It's happening in your life right now. If you have the Spirit of God, mate, I don't know which. Let's stand. Let's all stand together. Let's bow our heads. Let's close our eyes. I don't, I don't know what you need to say to the Lord. I want you to ask the Lord to direct your prayer right now. Say, God, show me what I need to pray. Reveal to me my spiritual need. If you need to come to this altar and kneel down and talk to Jesus about something, you can come up. You can come right now. You don't have to wait. You can come up right now. And you can just kneel right down here at this altar. And you can just pour yourself out to God. And you can just pray to Him. If you don't know Jesus as your Savior, and you want to come and you want to kneel down on these steps right here, and you just want to pour out your heart to the Lord and say, God, save me. Maybe you want to pray about your prayer life, or maybe it's something different. What do you need to say to Jesus right now? What is Jesus saying to you? You know, that's, that's really the important thing in prayer. 
Maybe, maybe prayer is not so much of you talking to God as much as it is you discovering from God what He has to say to you and then you responding to Him. Isn't, isn't that more how prayer is meant to work? You talk to Him. 